Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though the stories you'll hear are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. On January 24th of 2017, a woman was robbed at knife point for $3. Three days later on the 27th, another woman was robbed of gift cards. Three days later on February 1st, a man was robbed of $20. A day later, a man was abducted, driven to an ATM, held at gunpoint and forced to hand over $500. Four days later on the 6th, held at gunpoint, a woman was robbed of $38. On February 7th, a woman was robbed of her handbag. On February 8th, things would horrifically change for the Tokes family. In 2017, a 22-year-old Regan Tokes was coming close to the end of her time at Ohio State University. For the outgoing Regan, Ohio State was always the dream. She dominated the varsity and tennis lacrosse teams at high school and left with a 4.5 GPA. Ohio State wasn't just her first option. It was her only option. When school was all said and done, she planned to work at the Cleveland Clinic and then open up her own psychology practice. During college, she'd lived off campus with four friends. She worked at a local restaurant and she was genuinely excited about life to come. Wednesday the 8th, Regan worked that evening. At around 9.45pm, the restaurant's security cameras showed her leaving. While she worked that night, Brian Goldsby roamed the streets in search of a victim. Goldsby was 29 at the time, and there was nothing nice that could be said about him. He spent his youth as a member of the Crips gang. He was well known to police. During his time in the gang, he'd raped five-year-old girls and boys. At 22 in 2010, he abducted a pregnant woman and her two-year-old son at knife point. He orally raped the mother in front of her son and forced her to drive him around to multiple ATMs, withdrawing money. He forced her to take him back to her home, where again he raped her and stole her DVD player. Fearing for her and her children's lives, she would not testify against Goldsby. Ultimately, for the rape and theft, he was given only six years in prison. Prison did nothing to deter the sadistic Goldsby. He racked up 52 infractions while serving time, including possessing contraband, stealing, fighting, and creating disturbances. When he was released in late 2016, he was registered as a sex offender. He wore a GPS tracking device as a part of the re-entry program for ex-offenders called Elvis. Even with the GPS tracker, he was unmonitored by Elvis. As a part of the exit program, Goldsby was placed in temporary housing. But like Elvis, no one at the halfway house bothered to monitor the clearly unhinged Goldsby. The only rule in force on him was to be home by 10pm, unless that conflicted with work hours, which he claimed it did. So he essentially had no rules to follow. GPS tracking, gone unmonitored. A halfway house for the newly released, unpoliced. At least he had a parole officer that he would have to check in with. But there's a theme here that will have you asking how and why. 
his parole officer basically let him roam free. He violated parole multiple times. He let the batteries in his tracker go flat often. And you might have guessed it, Goldsby was responsible for the robberies between January 24th and February 7th. His parole violations were considered non-severe and no action was taken. Even though it did not stop him, the third robbery was finally deemed enough for a hearing. This hearing could have resulted in him being sent back to prison. That was for the robbery that took place on the 1st of February. The hearing wasn't booked until the 23rd of February. Goldsby continued on committing robbery after robbery, still unmonitored. And that Wednesday night, Goldsby grabbed Regan 15 minutes or so after she left the restaurant. He did as he had in the past. He forced her to drive to an ATM and he attempted to withdraw $500. It declined. 15 minutes later, another bank security footage would show Regan again trying to withdraw money. It declined again. Goldsby then forced Regan into an alley. She was raped. Between 10.30 and 11.40pm that night, Regan and Goldsby were seen on three separate lots of security cameras, of which capturing Regan successfully, withdrawing $60 from another ATM. Between 12am and 1am, Goldsby made Regan drive to the Scioto Grove Metro Park. He forced her out of the car at gunpoint. He made her remove all of her clothes and walk into the park until he told her to stop. When she did stop at his command, he shot her in the back of the head and in the side of the face. He left in her car. A passerby would discover Regan's body in the early hours of the morning, reporting it to the police. This was completely random. Regan was unknown to Goldsby. She was very much in the wrong place at the wrong time. The morning of the 9th, her roommates were surprised to find her room empty, assuming she'd gone to school early, although they always walked together. By midday, friends and family had begun worrying. Retracing her steps, the friends landed back at the restaurant. After the manager was informed of the missing Regan, he filed a missing persons report. It took police very little time to connect the missing Regan to the found body. Using footage from a garbage truck's camera, police were able to link Goldsby to Regan's car. DNA was found on cigarettes in the car that obviously matched him. A SWAT team apprehended Goldsby. He admitted to the robbery of the $60, but claimed he'd left her alive in the park. Police were quickly able to implicate him in the crime based on his description of the night. Goldsby was charged with aggravated murder, rape, kidnapping and robbery, given three life sentences without the possibility of parole. At this point I'd be shocked if you weren't shocked. No murder, no rape, and no robbery should ever happen. But here is a young woman who was more than just a victim to Goldsby's actions that night. She was a victim to a flawed system. A system riddled with holes. A system that even with multiple layers of protection, a man like Brian Goldsby, a rapist, was released into society. Placed in a halfway house, unmonitored. Tracked via GPS but never checked given the freedom by his parole officer to violate his parole time and time again. Regan Tokes may still be here if at least one of those layers of protection between a rapist and society had actually done its job. <laughs>